Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, welcome to this episode of I Date Money. What does that really mean anyways? You know what? Just send me a DM and let me know because I've heard different things about it and I saw a post about it too. But what does I Date Money mean to you? Today, we have an awesome guest, Bree Norberg. She is a business coach, a 10-year entrepreneur, community builder. She helps women build and launch online businesses and learn the art of printing money. Oh, that brings back a flashback memory for me. The art of printing money, we're definitely going to need to know more about this. She believes entrepreneurship is a catalyst for massive internal growth and confidence. Okay, I don't know pre-show how I missed that. Art of printing money, what is this all about? I, I love, I just got chills for my own bio. I'm like, yes, I'm so glad I wrote that. (laughs) So the art of printing money, it's all about entrepreneurship as entrepreneurs. We are skilled artists at printing money, creating money, creating success and wealth based on our own design. So that's why I use that language because first of all, it like is powerful and it evokes some type of emotional reaction, which I see that happen for you. And also it's like a fact we get to learn how to create money from thin air. And that is entrepreneurship one-on-one. I feel like. Oh, I love that. Okay. Now that's a different perspective because when I first said it, I worked for the government. I retired from the social security administration, you know, and we were always talking about the feds printing money and you know, like, you need more money. We're just going to print some. And, you know, when I was a kid, my mom used to say money doesn't grow on trees. And I'm like, yeah, it does. It's made out of paper where you can just go print it. <laughs> Right. So the, the thought of changing that perspective, see, just like, like that little that little definition totally shifted my perspective. It's like, yeah, and we are creative. We get to create these beautiful programs and allow ourselves to attract and bring in more money, knowing our value. Yeah. As a, as a business coach, how what made you want to become a business coach? Like, and especially with establishing your program and your pricing, tell us about that roller coaster okay. ride you went on. Yeah. So about four years ago, I was propelled into the personal development world from a very traumatic experience, which oftentimes that that happens with people Mm -hmm. out of our greatest sorrow creates the biggest transformation in our lives. If you choose to see it that way. So I was for like, luckily I was forced into the personal development realm to heal my trauma. And that introduced me into the life coaching space. I was a personal trainer before I've been a serial entrepreneur. I know that's a buzzword, but I was just 
I owned a meal prep service. I was a personal trainer, developed a fitness company. I wanted to launch a drive-through coffee business. I almost opened a gym. Just the last 10 years has been a whirlwind of different ideas. And that's entrepreneurship as well. Just like having all of these random creative ideas. Anyway, so I was introduced to the online coaching space, specifically in the personal development realm, life coaching, and I started to read a ton on success creation and entrepreneurship and how to grow a six-figure, seven-figure company, and everything was pointing towards mentorship. So four years ago, I hired my own mentor, three, four and a half, three years ago, I hired my own coaches, my own mentors to help me build my coaching business Mm -hmm. because that's what everybody said. So I was like, okay, I'm, I learn and I'm going to take people's advice and hire someone to give me the roadmap in order to condense time and get me to where I want to be sooner than later. And I'm a big advocate of time management and, uh, leveraging other people's experiences to get you to where you want to be. So that's where I was able to, launch my own coaching business very quickly and, um, start signing clients. I was, my coaches had recognized my X factor in the entrepreneurial space. I originally wanted to be a happiness coach because I was able to create happiness in my life. And I was like, other people need this magic. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then they were like, Hey, guess what? You have a unique angle of, you know, having this experience in the entrepreneurial space. It would make sense for you to help other entrepreneurs and help women launch their own businesses. And I was like, oh, that sounds super fulfilling too. So I launched my business quickly scaled to five figure months. And it wasn't just out of thin air. What I noticed, cause I'm always thinking, how can I re-engineer? How can I reverse engineer this so that I can then teach it to other people? And I have a networking community here in Sacramento called the women of Sacramento, and it's geared towards empowering and supporting women entrepreneurs. So I had already built that authority in that space. So when I launched, people already trusted me in this space. So it was a natural like, oh yeah, of course, I'm going to hire her to help me get to my goals because she's already created that in her her own business, her own success. So I say, you know, I want to preface that journey of success with that story because I want to be transparent and on the space about what it takes in order to see that success so that our expectations are managed and we don't have disappointment or frustration if we don't see the goals that we want originally. So that's how I got into the business coaching space specifically. I have been in this space since June, 2020. So mm-hmm. uh, three, a little over three years, and it's been absolutely incredible, expansive in all of the ways. <laughs> I love that. The, um, you, you, when you talked about hiring coaches and all of that, you said that everyone gave you that advice and you followed through with it and tapped into their expertise. Were you hesitant to do that? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I had the typical scarcity mindset growing up. I didn't even know what that meant, but I was a money hoarder. I grew up in a relatively poor household, mom on food stamps, working three jobs, single, single mom with three, three young girls. And so the story that was adopted into my brain, into my DNA was we can't afford it. And money is limited. So without, you know, this is all subconscious programming in my brain that I didn't realize wasn't serving me until adulthood as most, (laughs) most of us experience. And, um, what that, it hindered me significantly in my entrepreneurial journey, because with that mindset, I was a money hoarder. 
Any mm-hmm. money that I would receive, I would keep because I was afraid I was never going to get it again. Mm-hmm. I was afraid that I would never be able to duplicate that success that I would run out. I literally had $10,000 in cash in my uh, closet because Ooh, <laughs> every, every mu- dollar I would make, I would just put it in there. I wouldn't spend money on myself because I didn't feel like I was deserving of it. Like mm-hmm. I can't afford nice things in quotation marks. I believe deeply that I couldn't afford it, even though I could afford it. And so I, I stole these experiences that I could have potentially had not only within my business, but I'm a huge traveler now. And I could have started traveling 10 years ago. I had the, I had the money. I, I did have the money in order to create those experiences. So my money story was one of scarcity as is, I feel very common for people and through diligent reading through immersing myself in this notion of abundance, I was able to heal and reprogram my money story to where I saw it as a tool. I saw it as a tool that it is. I saw it as energy. I saw it as something that was meant to flow in and out of our lives. And when I was able to come to that realization, it just unlocked something in me where I was able to make investments in my business and know that it would come back tenfold. Mm-hmm. So that was, that journey allowed me to make my first big investment, which was $7,500, which was insane in my brain, which I did get a zero APR credit card, put it on the credit card to get points, knowing that I would make back that money before I had to start paying interest. Mm-hmm. So I say that because I am very strategic in my choices and intentional about how I spend my money still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am now, I had to cut myself off from investing because I would just throw money at the problem. I love investing. I love hiring. I love investing in mentorship programs, personal development, business development. So I am the queen of spending money to make money in the future now. Mm-hmm. Reel in a little bit, but... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that abundance mindset now. <laughs> yeah. And they're definitely want balance in there, right? We want a, a mix so that we, we are and that's my money multiplier system does it. It gives you that balance, but creating money buckets and knowing like, okay, you know, here's my business expenses, my operating expenses. This is what I get to do. And, you know, we talk about, you know, there's owner's comp and we talk about, okay, does coaching and personal development come from owner's comp or is that a business expense? And it technically comes from owner's comp. But when you think about like, how do you want to spend the money that you're earning and having a, a job, every, money wants to be loved and crushed on and paid attention to. It wants the red carpet rolled out and saying, yeah, yeah, look at how you can multiply me and let's do a little dance here and um, let's see how much we can just, you know, fill the room with more money because we're doing good things. And yes, it's definitely a tool. I love that you had said that. I did um, uh, previous interviews where a few entrepreneurs like money's just a tool. And people see it as this this thing where we're blocking it and we're shut. We're, no, we, we can't have it. Kind of like the way you grew up with just hoarding it. And I, I see little Bree just kind of in the corner. I have uh, seven archetypes on my money dating game and Harry the Hoarder is one of them. And I have a few clients that admit to being like Harry the Hoarder and they were like, I'm like the hoarder. And I'm like, it's okay. It's not a bad thing. You're sentimental. You like to hold on to things. But of course, the flip side is you don't want to spend any money, right? You don't want to expand or or share or enjoy. And that's like one of the keys to having that balance. So when you think about that shift that you made, what was the pivotal moment for you that said, okay, I'm going to invest this $7,500 and I'm going to you know, do it strategically. I liked how you leveraged debt to, to maximize that money. 
Yeah, totally. It was definitely uh, two books. I'm a huge reader, so I credit reading for my transformation over the last few years. Um, you are a badass at making money, Jen Sincero. Sincero, I can't remember how to pronounce her name. I probably yeah. butchered that, but um, and then Ten Pillars of Wealth. And I couldn't tell you who the author is right now, but those two books really put things into perspective for me, and I was able to identify my money story. Um, identify the emotions and feelings that came up when I talked about money, when I felt money, when I thought of money and redesign how I want that relationship to look like. And ultimately it took action. It took, and this is often like oftentimes the catalyst to any success. We can like mindset the sh- crap out of things. I can't remember if I'm allowed to say cuss words on this. <laughs> we can get into this like overwhelming, like, oh, I need to visualize. I need to manifest. I need to write out these beliefs, yada, yada. And what we forget is like action is what creates so much confidence and competency in whatever you're trying to acquire. So mm-hmm. the act of investing just put me into a new arena. I felt worthy of receiving money when i was able to make that investment something just shifted internally where i was just playing it at a different caliber at that moment making that big investment i was like if i can make that other people can make that mm-hmm. just different a different view of what that money meant and what it was going to create in my life and the support that i was able to experience because of that investment And now I look at investments, you know, in the five figure range, like 20 K and it's just like, it doesn't hit as much as it did before. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. I see it just as a number, as a tool, as an energy exchange, knowing that it's going to create something even more incredible and abundant and enriching in my life. And, um, something that also helped me with this journey was I had my first, I think, in January, 2021, I had my first like 25, $30,000 month. And I remember not feeling anything different. Mm -hmm. I was like, what is happening? I thought that this was going to make me such an incredible human. And I was going to have overwhelming amounts of happiness and like feel so successful and literally nothing changed in my life. And that was a beautiful lesson for me to recognize like money is not going to change your happiness levels. And there's a, there's research on this, like right. after a certain amount of annual salary, like I think it's $75,000 a year, no additional amount of money can increase your happiness. I believe like the way in which we use money, what we do with the money creates the happiness. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, I was like, okay, so what do I want to do with this money that can increase my happiness? And that's when I started to travel. I've been to so many different countries in the last couple of years and experiences, that type of stuff. That's what I love to spend my money on. And I believe deeply that that creates more happiness and fulfillment in my life. So it's not like money in and of itself. Again, I don't believe it creates happiness. I I think it creates a sense of security for sure. And that's a deep rooted value of mine, but Mm -hmm. it's what that money can create in your life. What you can do with that money is what's ultimately going to fulfill you and create Mm -hmm. that happiness. Yeah. Perfectly said. 
when we receive the money, you know, receiving like the six figure months where you're right, it doesn't change who you are, what you're doing. And a lot of times, you know, like I've been in the industry finance and insurance since 1987. And a lot of time what I see is people get more money and they just spend more money. And I see entrepreneurs, especially brick and mortars, just grow so quickly. And the first five years, their businesses don't make it because they just take all of their revenue and pour it back into their business not even cutting themselves you know, like an a owner's compensation or profit. And I'm like, how long do you think that's going to sustain you? You're talk about being unhappy and you get those highs and lows, you get that dopamine hit. And all of a sudden you're like, I got to do this again. Oh my goodness. I'm so exhausted. You know, and then you end up hating this business. And if you think about it, like I like to personify everything, your business is your baby. Right. And then all of a sudden it becomes that bratty teenager and you're like, just go. <laughs> just be an adult and move out because we're done here <laughs> yes and when you think about that like I always tell my clients it's so important to create money buckets for your money like you say and you you had alluded to manifestation and you know visualizing like oh I'm gonna make all this money what, what are you gonna do with it when you get it so I love one of the exercises that we do is we actually visualize okay I'm stepping into the frequency of being a $10,000 a month earner, you know, hundred, whatever your goal is, right? Who am I? What am I doing? Who am I hanging out with? Right. Yes. And what am I doing with that money? Like who is money to me at that point? Because are you just going to keep, you know, if you don't know how to spend, if you don't know how to manage a thousand dollars, you're not going to know how to manage $10,000, right? 100%. Yep. So what are some money buckets you set up for yourself? Yes. So I have a bookkeeper slash CFO that manages my business account and all of the money coming in. So I'm very grateful. Again, that's not something that I want to manage. I'm very aware of my, you know, skills, weaknesses, what I am good at zone of genius money. I, you know, I could look at a spreadsheet and just love it, but it's also not where I make the most money is not in the numbers. You know what I mean? So, um, she handles all of that. We are very clear on where I'm spending my, my profit and where that is going. Um, my buckets personally or business. Okay. <laughs> no, my question is, are you asking me what buckets for, for my personal well, money? For, my no, for, for personal. For personal. Okay. Yeah. So I love to spend my money on my nephew and my niece. Mm -hmm. I am anti-life for life. Um, I love to spend my money on experiences. I love wine tasting. I love good food. I love to travel. So I'm going to Costa Rica for three weeks in January. So experiences for me, that's what I spend all of my money on. Um, I, like I, I actually struggle to spend money on materialistic things. Cause I can't justify it in my brain, but I'm working on that. Like for instance, I have a good story about a pink blazer that I accidentally purchased without looking at the price tag. And immediately when I saw this blazer was almost $200 and I almost had a heart attack and I was like, oh, I need to return this immediately in my brain. And so I sat with it and I worked through like what was coming up, what beliefs were coming up, what, why was I so triggered by this? And it was like such a beautiful, expansive moment for me to reparent myself and, and let myself know, like, you deserve this. You can afford this, even though it doesn't make sense. Like, it's not something that is, uh, like I can use it to leverage something else or, you know, in my brain, I always try to right. justify purchases 
And in this moment, I couldn't justify a pink freaking blazer outside of like, Hey, this is a beautiful learning moment for me in my, in my, you know, journey towards healing my relationship with money. Cause it still comes up. It's still yeah. deeply in, ingrained in me. And, um, I'm, you know, reminded of these moments through those, those things. So it was a beautiful gift for me. And I have that blazer and it is a staple in my marketing. Now, anytime I just had professional branding photos done, I'm wearing that freaking blazer and it's this, this symbol of power and Mm -hmm. ownership and, um, just deservingness, if that's a word. So, yeah, (laughs) that's beautiful. And, you know, when we buy something that makes us feel good, right. I have a $20 challenge that my, I give my clients when they hesitate to, cause everything's based on a percentage, right? Every dollar has a job, but we do percentages to allocate for our operating expenses, you know, in our business. And then we have our personal money, you know, so we do 10% fund money. And when I tell my clients they're going to do 10% fund money, they're like, what? No, 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 I can't do that. I, I don't know. And I'm like, all right, well, let's start small. Like we do in all the other categories. Let's start with $20. And I had to do this too. I mean, I literally do my own program. And I remember the first time I had splurged on myself, $20, I put it in an envelope and I waited a couple of days and I'm like, okay, what do I, what can I buy for $20? Right. And this is a few years, you know, I don't know how long ago, eight years ago. And uh, of course, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, you know, I was just like, you know what? I want a pair of black jeans. I've always wanted a pair of black jeans. I didn't buy them because I don't really need them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to the store. I went to TJ Maxx and I went, you know, to the, to the jeans and I had like seven I can try on and two fit really well. One was $17, one was $12. And I was just like, oh, hmm, okay, well, which ones do I want? So I went and tried them on again. And I like, you know, did the turnaround, check the butt out and all that good stuff. Yeah. And I really liked the $12 ones. I still have them. They still fit. They have not faded. And we all know how much black fades. Yeah. Not faded. And no matter how much weight I gain or lose, they always fit. They always fit perfect. Magical pair of jeans. Yeah, it's which it's like those uh the sisterhood pants that move. Yes. <laughs> but um, you know, I because they were only 12 something, I had money left over. So I had I got to buy myself a beautiful, you know, necklace that went with these jeans. Um, and it it the feeling, like I still remember that day when I walked in. I mean, I still can visually see myself parking the car, going into the store, saying hi to the, you know, the people that work there and trying on all these pants and the smell and all of that. Yeah. It was made such an impression yeah. and knowing that I deserve this. And then, so when I started doing the 10%, I like, I literally went from 20 bucks to 10%. I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. Why not? I love that. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good idea. I was talking with my bookkeeper last night. She was, she, <laughs> Last month, I'm big on like being transparent about numbers. Last month was like a $32,000 month and she allocated $16,000 to pay myself. Mm -hmm. And it like blew my mind. I was like, what am I going to do with $16,000? I pay myself, I'm on like, I'm an S corp. So I'm on salary and I pay myself base salary every month. And then I do some, an owner owner's draw. And, um, it's very, very minimal. I take like the minimum amount. And so I just started working with her and she gave me the presentation last night and it just blew my mind. And I was like, yeah, okay. What would it look like if I paid myself $16,000 and I put that in my bank account? What would I do with that? Like, so I'm doing baby steps. I'm not going to pull $16,000 out of my business account, (laughs) but that's what, that's the direction that I'm heading. And 
it's almost like she gave me permission to do that when I'm, I need to figure out how to give myself permission. I'm on that journey, but you know, I can borrow her, you know, permission for this. Is she, moment. Uh, is she a profit first accountant? Uh, I would assume so. I don't know if that's a title that people, is that a title that accountants? She's it's not an accountant. A it's a pro it's a program. There's bookkeepers oh, okay. and, and financial coaches, lawyers, um, business owners, but it's a system that was written okay. by, by awesome. uh, yeah. It's well, cause the way you described it, she gave you 50% of your revenue. And then I'm guessing you have money set aside for taxes and all that. But if you think about that 16 K sitting in your, in your owner's comp account, if you have like the, the money bucket account set up like through relay or Novo, um, you're not earning any interest on that. And if you refuse to spend it, at least put it in a high interest account to discover offers like four and a half percent. Um, you can just go online banking, you know, yeah, a nerd wallet, see what online savings accounts, but at least let your money work for you while it's sitting there while you're afraid to spend it. <laughs> oh, I have okay. definitely, I've definitely shifted my perspective there. And I'm yeah. using Vanguard for like some, my Roth IRA and some stocks. Stuff. Yeah. Just yeah. dabbling in that, seeing it grow. It makes, it makes me feel way better than having it sit in a, an account, like losing its value. Yeah. That's what that oh. cash was in my closet. Every exactly. year, my dad was like, you're losing money having yes. it sit in your freaking closet. I didn't yeah. understand that until I learned. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a client that um, I don't know what happened. Onset of Alzheimer's, they took their 401k money out. They had retired, took their 401k money out because they didn't trust the market. It was one of those. I, I can't remember what year it was. But it was one of the years the market was not doing good, kind of like now. Yeah. Brought it home stuffed it in their mattress, like in between their mattress and their box spring, went out to dinner. Oh no. And came home oh, and no. the house was on fire. Yeah. We never ever, <laughs> it's like, do not, I have a client when she first started working with me who is an accountant <laughs> and she, when she first started working with me, she had a box full of, um, she's also a landlord. She had a box full of money in her closet from she, what she was collecting her tennis pater in cash. I said, oh my goodness, stop it. <laughs> get that money, get yeah. off the call right now, go to the bank and deposit that into an account, please. Into yes. a bearing thing. And a lot of times when my clients come to me, they're so afraid to break up with their bank accounts. They're like, what do you mean break up with my bank account? I go, is your bank account paying you interest on your savings? No, move your money. Like let's, let's, even if you're a conservative, you know, like there's three types of investors and like, we have to work through the mindset with that. So I use the aromatherapy, the power of breath and scent to help them break those barriers. They're mm -hmm. strong. And like you had said, it comes back. Like even for me, I mean, there's days where, you know, we look at the market and we're like, oh, do we have enough money to last us until we die? <laughs> when are we going to die? I mean, I retired in December of 21 and, you know, based on my calculations, my investments will last me until I'm 95. I will run out of money if I withdraw. I think if, I think if I withdraw $2,800 a month from like when I retired from January of 22, until now, until 95, I would have, I would be able to like live. And I'm like, am I going to live to be 95? Like, yeah. No. So I, I'm not making any withdrawals from it because I don't, I don't need to, but it's yeah. fun to watch it grow. And it's fun to say, okay, 
I know. And now if you plug in the numbers with the way the market's going, but our ROI on that, those investments have been like an average of 10 and a half percent, which is mm. heard of. So, but we're really good about strategically watching the market and saying, oh yeah, I like that one. No, I don't like that one. Let's pull, let's get out of that one. So all I'm doing is like, I chose the two that everyone's like, this does well over 50 years. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do that. And I'm not even going to look at it. But it has grown over the last year. I think I made like $800. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. My brain, I'm like, that's amazing. (laughs) Knowing that. had babies. (laughs) Yes, I know. When I saw that, I was just like, why have I not been doing this sooner? Like, Exactly. That's why I feel in school, we need to be taught financial literacy, Mm -hmm. how to make our money work for us. And that's- It should definitely be. Yeah, definitely be mandatory. And when you think about that, like we weren't taught anything about finances, we caught it all just, you know, by watching our parents behavior. And you know, like, I come from a family of entrepreneurs, and they had such different viewpoints from my mom's side of the family versus my dad. And then when my parents, you know, married, they kind of combined those. And I was like, I thought entrepreneurs were sleazy. And then I was like, why am I focusing on these? Let me go focus on these entrepreneurs. And then when I started looking at my grandma side of the family, I was like, wow, they're really generous and they're, they're fair and, and they, they give so much back. Right. I love that. So it's amazing. Like, you know, I, I know entrepreneurs out there, we all have our, you know, <laughs> people kind of look and say, well, I don't know. Can I trust you? I've, I've had a few, a few clients who are like, well, I can't trust that person. They didn't help me increase my ROI. And it's like, well, did you do the work? Yeah. important to do the work. <laughs> Big question. I feel like that's the thing in the coaching space too. <laughs> yeah. You definitely have to do the work. So yeah. when you think about your journey, you've been online since June of 20 and you think about the roller coaster ride that you took to get to where you are, to get to your, you know, 32 K months, if you know, whatever that consistency is for you, what was the biggest challenge that you worked through and how did you work through it? Yeah, I think that we continuously will be met with the same challenges and problems and beliefs until we're able to get the lesson that we are designed to have. And it's something that I have been met with over and over again in the last three years. I've had $40,000 months and then $4,000 months. And the biggest lesson that I learned was detaching my identity and self-worth from my business, my productivity, and the number in my bank account. Before I experienced the dark night of the soul, I call it, I was so obsessive over numbers and so obsessed with how much work I can get done and how much progress I can make and what success I can create. And when I experienced more of a decline in sales or less engagement, or maybe I wasn't as productive one month, I went on a downward spiral. I thought that I was a bad person, that I was a bad coach. I was a bad entrepreneur. I just so closely married my identity with my business. So because that was something I needed to work on. I believe the universe continued to give me these lessons over and over and over again, where my business would experience very low months, consecutive months. This happened this year. Even I had a really rough, you know, Q2, early Q3, Mm -hmm. but I was like mentally prepared for it. And I deeply know in my bones that I can create success and that it's on its way to me, that abundance mindset, knowing like 
there is so much money out in the world. And if I can see it, if it exists, then I can create it in my life. Mm -hmm. And so shifting into that and then doing some deep subconscious reprogramming and, and meditations and visualizations and doing that deep work. I, uh, and calling in what I wanted. I got really specific for Q3 specifically. I did this right before Q3 and I had a $75,000 quarter and everything that I wanted to happen in my business literally happened almost to a T. I have the paper written out that I sat down. I was like, okay, what do I need to make? Cause I had a big IRS payment that I needed to cover. And I was freaking out, stressing out, avoiding it. That's my default programming is avoidance. Mm -hmm. And so I sat down and I was mapped out. Okay. How much money do I need to make? How much do I need to set aside for taxes? What is the tax bill that I need to um, cover? And how am I paying myself? And I came up with a number and it was 50 K I'm like looking at it right now by October 15th. This is like literally this happened over the last four months. And I broke it down. My offer is $5,000. So based on that, like how many clients did I need to make each month? So I got really specific. And then I was like, okay. And so it is. And, and it did. It's, it mm, was. I love it. it was. So I think getting very clear on calling in what you desire and then releasing it, surrendering to it because you know, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That was what I learned. And it's so like, conceptual and it's not like so specific and step-by-step action oriented. It's just like this belief system that needs to be shook up. Mm -hmm. And I did like, you need to face those limitations and those, the conditioning that has held you back from what you want, because you're always going to perpetuate what's already inside of you. Mm -hmm. So what you have in your reality is a direct reflection of what's going on in your subconscious programming. Yeah. So if you like what you have, you've got to start questioning your belief systems around what you want. Exactly. And that's what the work is. That's the work. That's the daily work. It doesn't stop. It's still happening in my mind this morning. I did a manifestation meditation. Like it's an ongoing practice because this stuff runs deep, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And you get to one layer and you reveal it and you're like, oh wait, there's more. And you like to look down and you're like, wow, like how deep does this go? But if you think about all the program that we've had since in the room, right. And you, yeah. know, you hear all this and you absorb it. And then, you know, you don't, I do human. Um, I don't, I don't do human design. I have a client that's a human design specialist yeah. and I had my human design and I have my clients get their human design so I can create their customized wealth. Yes. I love that. And when I look at that, like I'm a generator five one and one of my clients, two of my clients, maybe three are projectors. I I don't have it memorized, but anyways, I I find it, I find it fascinating that they're very similar. Right. And I look at that and I'm like, okay, how can I best connect and help a projector become a millionaire? How can we rewire the subconscious to expand and help them grow so that when they receive money, they know, you know, like that money is going to multiply. And it it is. And it's not that you had said this earlier about, you know, oh, I would get that money and then that I had to hold on to it because it might, I might not get it again. And that's a very common belief. I'm going to be doing a summit on December 16th where we're talking about the wealthy mindset. And, you know, we're we're talking about having a relationship with money and the beliefs that we believe and seeing money as a tool instead of seeing it as this, oh, there's not enough. I got to hold on to it. I got to hoard it. I got to stuff it in my closet, put it in a shoebox or whatever. We know because if you can give it a job, it's going to be like if money was a person, I know, and some people say it's their knight in shining armor. I, I don't, I'm my own knight in shining armor. But if you think of money as a person, 
how would they want to be treated? Like it's your best friend, your partner, right? And they want to work. They want to help you grow. They want to do all these things. And when you can get that different perspective, you can say, oh yeah, like that's a tool. Like we can work this, we can build this together and we can make this beautiful empire and create this ripple effect to bless others. But if you're thinking, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Oh, no one's buying my thing. Or I've had three, three months of zero or three months of 2k or whatever, you know, your goals are this, that's going to affect it, you know, because you're going to kind of, you know, put out that energy, that negative energy. So I love how you quickly identify that because I know a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck in that roller coaster and they're like, give it up. They'll, they'll throw in the towel and they won't even do their business. I have a client that went back to work. She was going to be an entrepreneur. She was all set. She had her map and her goals. And she's like, oh no, I'm going back to nine to five. She was mm-hmm. influenced heavily by family members. And when uh-huh. I thought about that, I'm like, okay. So external validation is really big. Like if you're not giving that to yourself, it's not going to make you happy. And I love that you wanted to start off as a happiness coach. You are yeah. happiness. You don't even, you don't even know it. You can't sell happiness. So your mentor probably said, you know, she can't sell happiness, but she can sell this. So let's combine the two, right? <laughs> hey, I'm doing it all. I feel like. <laughs> well, yeah, because if you think about it, most of the coaching programs are selling like self-assurance, self-confidence, you know, but we don't, we don't market with that because right. you know, who, that's who... not sexy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's kind of sexy and nobody wants to do that work. Right. <laughs> but if you say 10x your profit, okay, let's talk. <laughs> and I'm like, let's talk about your childhood trauma. <laughs> yeah. I tricked you, but you're going to be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's that reverse psychology game that we learned. Like, you know, I'm always taking psychology classes. They're like, oh, we're going to use reverse psychology. And I'm like, what? Why? Why don't you just be straightforward? I'm a straightforward kind of person. They're like, no, that doesn't work. You know, it's like the Goldilocks offer. You have three offers. They're always going to pick the middle yeah. one. Yeah, it's the psychology of selling. Are. Yeah. Yeah. You so it's get around it. Well, I really loved hanging out with you, Bree. Um, just tell us a little about what you do and what's the best way for our audience to connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. I love working with online coaches, helping them build their businesses using the power of organic social media and soul aligned sales. I am anti-manipulative marketing and bro sales. And uh, my containers are wildly expansive. As, as we talked about today, it's heavily integrated into my program, just how to embody the highest version of who you are capable of becoming so that you can stay in this business game long-term. So that's what I do with all of my clients. Um, You can find me on Instagram. That's the main platform that I use to chat with my audience and make connections. And my Instagram handle is I am Brie Norberg, B-R-I-N-O-R-B-E-R-G. And if you're listening to this and you resonate, just send me a DM. I'd love to say hello. And uh, yeah, that's how you can find me. Awesome. I love that. And what's your best financial advice or tip that you can give? Financial tip that you can give to the audience. Yeah, I would say know your numbers, like rip off the bandaid, even if it's scary, avoiding your bank account will not take away the problems. The more that you can educate yourself on what the numbers mean, that gives you power over creating more wealth in your life. So don't avoid it. Don't, uh, you know, keep a pulse on your finances at all time, especially as an entrepreneur. (laughs) 
I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your journey and your expertise. For those of you listening, check the show notes, connect with Bree on Instagram um, and, and see maybe, you know, like if you are ready to invest in a coach or you want to switch coaches, because I know we're getting to that time of the year where most of us like hire coaches at the end of the year. I know why y'all do that, but think about that. You know, and you can always have more than one coach. That's always helpful too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> exactly. Cause you are your best investment and you want to see your money grow. And uh, if you loved this show, please give us a five-star review, share it with your friends. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it. Thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it.